The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations. The Tone Factory Recording Studios in Las Vegas, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. Well, Liberty DeVito is a spectacular drummer who started playing with Mitch Ryder's band when he was just a teenager and was a most sought-after session drummer and for nearly 30 years was Billy Joel's drummer until something led to a breakup. The book, Liberty, Life, Billy, and the Pursuit of Happiness tells it all, and I believe I've got Liberty DeVito on the line right now in New York. Jim, Liberty, welcome. A great honor. How are you and your family holding up? I'm good. You know, the greatest thing about doing these uh, interviews around the country is how is it going out there in Vegas? We're kind of in this state of maybe possibly shutting down again at some point. It's tough with a tourist town, as you know. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, one of my bands had a this New Year's Eve in uh, Reno, and it was was canceled immediately. The hotels are having a hard time coming back. They are, yeah. Your book is fascinating, and it's obvious that you and Billy Joel have patched up past differences because he wrote the foreword for your book. Yes, he did. Uh, it, it was a it's a great feeling that we're we're friends again. And before you played with Billy Joel, you actually played with Mitch Ryder when you were just a kid, right? Yeah, I was 18 years old, just a few months out of high school. And uh, I got a call that his drummer got sick. And um, I said, I said, uh, when do you need me? And they said, tonight. <laughs> Can I come tomorrow? My father has to drive me. I don't have a driver's license yet. <laughs> Amazing experience. Oh, man. So how did you and Billy Joel first become aware of each other and, and get together as a group? Well, we met, we first knew of each other in a club called the My House on Long Island. He was in a band called The Hassles. I was in a band called The New Rock Workshop. And we used to pass in the dark and say hi. And I watched him sing uh, this song that I loved by Traffic, Steve Winwood, uh, band. And uh, he did such a great job. I always admired his, his uh, talent. Uh, but it wasn't until 1974 when I actually got in the band. He was living in, in uh, California using studio musicians to make records and a different band to go on the road. He wanted to move back to New York, and he wanted a New York-style drummer. And uh, uh, Doug Stegmeyer was playing with him already, and me and Doug had a band together, and Doug said, you know the guy. So it was um, easy to get in. With Billy. You know, I've seen you guys a few times, and one of the songs that really is incredible to watch is The Prelude and then Angry Young Man. You're not only Billy Joel's piano playing, but you're incredible. The drumming, the drumming is so demonstrative, it's just exciting to watch. Yeah, um, it's funny because I, being with Billy, I became the, the second instrument. Usually it's guitars that he fills after the vocal and, and uh, with piano that does a solo or something. But I was able to be like Keith Moon was in, in, in The Who, except a little more restricted and, uh, because we were more of a pop band. Uh, but, you know, I was able to fill when Billy 
stopped whatever he was doing, then I was the one that took over rather than a guitar lick or something like that. Yeah, which is, I guess, why you ended up uh, collaborating with him quite a bit on songs and in the studio. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was able to give my opinions, and he accepted it most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Was he a taskmaster in the studio? Um, no. As a matter of fact, uh, there are a few songs that are on the albums that I feel that I made mistakes. And, but he was like, no, 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 it's a great mistake. And the, the, the word was around in the studio and we go in there. If you make a mistake, play it as loud as you possibly can because it might be the greatest thing you play all day. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of that stuff uh, made it on the record. Something I read about that I wasn't aware until just recently, and that is that Chicago's original producer, Jim Garcio, was with you guys at least for a short time. Well, he was with Billy. He, uh, that's who Columbia Records hooked him up to do turnstiles. That's the album with Anger and Man on it. And Jim brought in Dee Murray and Nigel Olsen because they had just got fired from Melton's band. And uh, Billy just didn't like it and, and uh, just fired Jim Garcia. And that's when he came out to Long Island and me and Doug Stegmaier stepped in and recorded turnstiles with Billy. Now, I know that it's probably a long answer, but after you had been with uh, Billy Joel for 30 years, what was it that led to the breakup? Well, to be honest with you, I I don't tell exactly what it is, but it's more of a, when there's a Billy Joel, there are tons of people around him. There's band members, there's road crew, there's management, there's a whole bunch of things. If somebody says something in Billy's ear, and Billy believes it's something that I said or did, but never confronts me, and I'll never know what it is, so I can't confront him. So that went on for 16 years with an angry battle going on in, in the press and interviews uh, for 16 years until I finally, like, getting older, I realized that my friend was missing, and I don't know what happened, and... He assumes that something happened, and when we talked to each other, it never really happened. You know, it's like I said, I didn't do that. He said, oh, so this one told me that you did that. And I said, no, I didn't do that. It was a he said, she said type of thing. Yeah, because everything I've read was that he said, if I ever divulged what happened, it would ruin liberty, and I'm not going to do that. But it, obviously, you guys talked it out, and, and whatever it was, never was. Right. When I, when, I, uh, when I read that, it was in the vulture.com or something like that. Right. I thought to myself, and I told my wife, I said, what could I have possibly done that would ruin my life? So <laughs> <clears throat> when I found out, it was like, no, no that, that never happened. When you were tossed from the band, because I've talked to musicians before who, when there's a breakup, they kind of turn their back on the music. Did you do that for a while? Oh, I did. I wouldn't even listen to it. Uh, the, the, we were inducted in the, music, uh, the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. There was myself, Richie Kanata, Russell Javers, and the late Doug Stegmaier as Billy Joel's band. And I opted not to go. I wasn't going to go. That's how upset about it and how uh, uh, detached from the music I was. If the if songs would come on the radio, I would turn them off. Uh, but when we got to the, the Music Hall of Fame, they wanted us to play one song. We played the song. The crowd reaction was so great that we ended up playing five songs. Um, and that's when we thought, like, hey, you know, we can do this. 
we can go out on the road and play play these songs and 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 play them the right way. You know, there's so many bands that are, that attribute bands to Billy Joel. We're the guys that really did it, so we would sound the most like the record. And as we were playing the songs and learning them over again, I got a new appreciation for the music. That's when I kind of fell in love with what we did over again. But the only thing that was missing was the friend that wrote the songs, you know. So after uh, about a year or two of doing the thing with the Lords, and I, I thought to myself, you know, if I can get the friend back, boy, life would be complete. We're, we're, we're getting older. People are dying around us. They're getting sick. It's time to reconcile. So I wrote him an email and said, uh, would you like to get together for a meal or some coffee or something like that? I even offered to pay believe it or not. <laughs> Obviously, life has become much more dramatic over these past few months. Do you think with that in mind that there could be a chance that you would play at least maybe one a one-off with Billy Joel again? Well, you never know what could happen. My favorite quote is when John Lennon was asked, uh, when are the Beatles getting back together again? And he just looked at the person and go, tomorrow. When do you think? Tomorrow, of course. You know? <laughs> so it's like, Will we play again? I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> you know? Uh, but, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Because the friendship is there again, and we are talking all the time, who knows? He might say, can you come and join me at Madison Square Garden? Can you come out if I do a residency in Vegas? You know? Maybe something like that. I don't know. I'd love to see that. Liberty's book is titled Liberty, Life, Billy, and the Pursuit of Happiness. And it's available at Amazon.com and HudsonMusic.com. Great talking to you and good luck and, and good luck with this pause that you have now to spend more time with family at the moment. Right. right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, stay well. Stay healthy. Uh you as well. Nice talking to you, Liberty. Bye-bye. And to give you an idea of how sought after Liberty was as a session player, he was in the studio with the likes of Stevie Nicks, Carly Simon, Karen Carpenter, Phoebe Snow, and Rick Wakeman. I'd love to see him and Billy Joel play together again. Billy Joel actually played one of the first concerts here in Las Vegas at the then-brand-new T-Mobile Arena where the Golden Knights play hockey. That wraps up this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you back here next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. There's a place in the world for the angry young man with his working class pie.